Welcome to another episode of the Lone Recruiter Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Clementson, and if you're a recruiter, out on your own, or just lacking general guidance or mentorship, you've come to the right place. Our episodes are designed to give you the motivation, the strategies, and the support you need to become the very best Lone Recruiter. So join us, grab a cup of coffee, and I've got a brand new Keep Cup, and let's take this test to another level. Now today, I'm on my quest to interview 100 recruiters so today, we are lucky enough to be joined by the one, the only, Richard Barrett. How are you going? Not too bad about yourself. Very good, mate. Very good. Um, this is an interesting one for me because typically when we're interviewing recruiters, it's white collar, contingent perm, placement um, sort of um, focus for these recruiters. Richard is actually my cousin and he's been doing a fantastic job up in Queensland. He does he does a lot of blue collar rail um, labor hire uh, recruitment and has done so for many, many, many years now and kicking absolute goals and, and smashing what he does, but it's so different to what I do. So I'm genuinely curious what these answers will, will bring to us. Um, but look, in your own words, um, Richard, 60 seconds, what do you do? Who do you work for? How'd you fall into it? Let's go. Yeah. Uh, basically, yes, I uh, finished my uni degree, moved to Brisbane, uh, was working in a bottle shop actually and uh, Basically, uh, spoken to like a, a workmate of mine and just said I was interested in recruitment. She said, "Oh, actually, I've got a friend who's uh, looking for a recruiter at the moment, working for Australian Recruiting." Took the interview the next day, had a job the next week. Um, basically, started in recruitment. That was eight years ago, and haven't yep. haven't looked back. Um, started doing basically like demolition and construction side of things, like on the labour hire. Mm-hmm. Moved into civil construction, and then from there uh, moved into doing rail, which is um, it's a very it's a very different industry than what uh, what you sort of work in, mate. That's for sure. Yeah, you know what? Like same, same, but different, right? Like we're still we're still just trying to find solutions for clients and people to to do a job. It's just a yep. different pace and it's a different margin, and 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 yeah, like you know, it, it's super interesting. So let's get into it. And I'm. I, Correct me if these questions don't fit you, but if, if you're a listener at home, you know what I'm doing here. I'm asking 100 recruiters the same five questions. I really want to understand what those similarities might be. So if you are a labor hire or a blue collar recruiter listening to this, this one might be interesting too, because you're probably thinking half the stuff you talk about, but it does not apply to me. So you know, enlighten the audience, we, uh, we'll kick off. So the first question is, if you had one KPI to measure how successful your desk was, what would, what would that KPI be? Yeah, so I guess with uh, I guess with the labour hire side of things, it's not just about placements. Um, it's actually just about like what we call hours. So it's how many hours the workers are working per week. So I could have uh, you know thirty workers out uh, doing you know eight hundred hours a week between them, mm-hmm. or I could have 50, 50 workers out doing eight hundred between them. It doesn't really matter how many placements I have. It matters how many hours because that's what we bill off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And and do you find that challenging in terms of getting them a full week's worth of like what's the biggest challenge within that for you uh it depends on the on the client uh basically look, it can be very helpful um basically because you can you know put a placement out and they can still be out there six months later uh mm. and they just set and forget uh then there's other ones that you know a massive turnover which you know you, you're refilling it every three four weeks when the person mm. you know does, finds out oh, i don't really like this job i want to move on all that sort of mm. stuff but um yeah, it is. It is. I guess sort of that. That sort of uh, that side of it is is the difficult part. But you can also really build your hours as you go. If you if you're yeah. on fire, you, you can yeah. be really on fire, and life is easy. <laughs> I love it. I love. It. So, do you have so with that KPI? And sorry to dwell on it, but 
yeah. is your target 800 hours a week? Is that what you, is that the, the uh, target you give yourself? Uh, no, so generally I give myself a thousand. A thousand is the number. If I'm hitting that, I'm I'm doing quite well. Um, Fifteen hundred is I can I can uh, you know take a Friday off. <laughs> I love it. And and does that, as you say, like if you get a if you get a really good run on where you've got big projects ahead and these people are going, well, I can stick around for six months. Does that change next week? If you've hit fifteen hundred hours and you go, well, that's actually booked for the next month. Do you keep working or do you go on holidays? What what happens there? Uh, it basically, if you keep working, you'll keep going good. If you uh, rest on your laurels, which I may have been a little bit guilty of in the past, you mm-hmm. you, you find out a month later that you need to work doubly as hard. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Um, yeah, that's super interesting to me. Second question. Um, if you could only ask three interview questions, what would they be? And is that question even relevant? I know you've got to interview people, but walk me through your process. That's a lot of bodies you've got to get on site. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess sort of with these ones, really, it is experience. Uh, when, especially with the rail industry, it is uh, you know how long have you been in the industry for? Uh, who have you worked with? Um, that side of things, like that's the that's the main experience. And then there's also, um, I guess, sort of different types of rail as well. There's maintenance, there's construction, there's level crossing removal, all that sort of stuff. So it all depends on what they're good at. Um, and also, um, I guess from there, it's uh, when are you available? Because these are clients need these people on this exact date and it's there is no there is no wiggle room there is are you available on this date if not cool uh come back to me when you're available (laughs) sort of situation yeah 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 it's really they're the two two main ones and also yeah uh have you got all your tickets (laughs) that's the big one have you got all your qualifications ready to roll I mean, a lot of recruiters I interview, you go, oof, only three questions, but it's almost like you only need three questions. <laughs> yep, it is, it is basically the three. You don't, there isn't too much more to it, and it's uh, basically about them, about almost them uh, trying to sell me, essentially, as to what mm. they want to do, like to, to show me that they can actually do the job. Wonderful. So then... <laughs> The third question I typically ask people is what's your favorite closing line or sequence or, or question or, or whatever, but do you, do you view securing people in that manner? Like it's about securing them? Um, I've sort of got the exact opposite issue that the rest of the industry has at the moment. I've got too many workers and not, a, not enough jobs at the moment. That's the, okay. everyone, else, everyone else I know in the blue collar side of things is there's not enough workers and too many jobs. It's a, right. it's a very different, different world, that's for sure. And is that because do you do you specialise in a region like an area? Uh, yeah, so I guess sort of you know Victoria Rail. There's a um, uh, they, they are very well paid. That is, I guess, sort of one side of it. There are people who work in, I guess, sort of the civil industry, like civil construction. That really, um, I guess, sort of that's the that's the st- like the stepping stone. They work in civil. They then get their tickets and they move into rail because that's where the that's where the big dollars are. That's where you know people working three four shifts a week are on you know, 100K plus easy as a, as a laborer. And that's the, so got that's, some good the, that's down where there. they want to be. Good unions. Yes. Everyone's, <laughs> everyone's unionized. It, it does actually kind of make things, it's, it's good and bad. There are good and mm. bad sides. Everyone's mm. paid the same. So there's no, there's no fights about who's getting paid what. That's the main thing. <laughs> yep, <laughs> but yeah. Yep. And, so then and everyone you, knows everyone. <laughs> so so do, do you have a closing sequence then with candidates? Like 
you know, I, I appreciate it's very different. You know, you've got a, a set rate and it's like take it or leave it. it, it you yeah, know, pretty much. How do, you, how do you do that when you've got a good candidate? Let's just say let's just say times are good again and you've got a ton of projects on and it is hard to get yep. candidates. Like, what is your process then to get these guys committed to a month or a couple of months of work? Oh, basically, it's just, yeah, are you, are you 100%? Again, it's like, you know, have you got... I guess so depending on the on the project there could be big hours have they got kids have they got you know are they going to be have they got holidays coming up have they got mm. you know just making sure that they are available like for that mm. that time because if they're not available the client's going to want a replacement for yeah. whenever they're not available and that's double my job so yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. about that time time commitment there is i guess sort of the big one is just making sure that they are available all the time for those for that for those shifts i rem- i recall one christmas when we were catching up that you <laughs> joked that you've never this was early on in your career you've never met so many people who didn't show up for work and their excuse was diarrhea <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's one of the one of the main ones so that's it's a, I, I don't get that anymore these days that's more right. that's more like your demolition and construction side of things but yeah right. there's a flat tire diarrhea cat had kittens or something you know <laughs> you hear some very interesting ones you do and how many of them do you believe <laughs> Zero. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, okay. Do you get counter offer in your in your line of work? Does that does that happen? No. Basically, our our sort of counter offers are, or our offers go when we tender for our our works. We have to deal. It's a, more dealing with the client. It's a, in a sense, I'm negotiating for all the candidates at one time. Because everyone, everyone gets paid exactly the same on the same level, uh, whatever they're doing. So it's down right. to negotiating with the client about what they're willing to, what they're willing to take, and what they're willing to pay. That's super interesting. And you're and you're saying in terms of counteroffer, they might then go to a different provider and go, nah, they've got they've got a full workforce cheaper. Yeah, it can go. It could go out to that, and then it's yeah, it it is. But essentially, I've got a good workforce um, that side of things, and so mm-hmm. having that, I guess, sort of behind me does give me a, a little bit of an advantage over them um, when it comes to you know saying this is the price, this is what you got to pay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you okay? Interesting. I, I find that super interesting. Um, so your counter offer isn't with the individual candidates. It's it is what it is. No. It's black and white. He's the great. Whatever. There is no, there, yeah, there's no, they're all under EBAs um, with like different companies as well. Uh, we haven't specifically got one ourselves, but uh, I read their EBAs and I mm. basically just pay them, pay them a bit more than that, just so I've got the advantage. And oh, you heard that, you uh, heard first here, Ricky, uh, Richard uh, will pay you a little bit more <laughs> than the competition. He's good, at, he's, good at, he's good at negotiating with the client, so go and work with, with Richard at ARC. There you go. Um, okay, fantastic. Look, this one is applicable to you. Um, we're recruiters, we're in sales, you know, there's highs, there's lows, there's frustrations, there's good times, there's bad times, but how do you pull yourself out of a slump? Whether that's a work slump, whether that's an emotional slump, what is your go-to habit or, or activity? Um, I'm not actually too sure, to be honest with you. Like, I just, I, I look at it and go, I just, that internal feeling of, I just have to do better. <laughs> like this is this isn't going the way I want it to. How to just have to be better in every aspect, and then basically just sort of uh, if, if I haven't got enough jobs on, I'll um, I'll go seek see if anyone else needs a hand with filling jobs and take at least it might be a smaller commission, but hey, it's commission while I, cool. while I'm waiting for my other my other clients to come back to me. And and knowing knowing Richard as as well as I do, being family, 
Uh, he's eternally optimistic, more so than I am. <laughs> I, I've never met a happier person in my entire life. <laughs> I, yeah, look, I, I do have a positive outlook on it. There's like a, I always like to think, you know, doesn't matter that if, if you're on a bit of a slump, then if you work hard for, it could be one month, two months, three months, you're going to be best. You're going to be better off in that three month time if you're working hard at it. Like you're not going to go, you're not going to go backwards if you're working hard at it. So it's pretty much within three months, you can be killing it again and Absolutely. playing golf on Fridays. Ah, I love it. I love it. As you did last Friday. I did. <laughs> um, all right. Look, uh, Richard, that, that was amazing. I actually got a lot out of that. And I hope you guys at home got a lot out of that as well. So thank you for jumping on. Um, uh, we'll leave it at that. That's all we have time for you today. If you haven't done so already, uh, not you, Richard, actually you, Rich, if you haven't done this already, <laughs> give me a five-star review um, on Spotify, on Apple uh, Podcast, on YouTube, whatever you, wherever you're listening to this, go now, give us a five-star review. It really, 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 really helps us grow. And we're doing this for free off out of absolute sheer love. And you know the thing that drives us is knowing that we're providing great quality stuff. So go and do it. We really, really do appreciate it. Um, as always, have an amazing day and may all your deals or ours come true.